0: Yeah. Sound of
1: the Welcome to the Real Talk Podcast This a- is your host, Kelsey Loiselle And with me is my beautiful co-host
2: <laughs> Mark Salcido, did you forget I was here?
1: No, I was like, why do I want to compliment you?
2: Oh, You know what I you mean? Mean? you're not making a girl blush i was gonna say crush
1: <laughs> i have something to tell you though
2: What was that
1: you know we're doing a podcast mm. in the midst of all of this turmoil mm. on racism and you know uh artistic merit in that vein mm. so i have a quote to share with you okay as joe biden once said <laughs> if you're irish uh uh-huh. and you don't vote for me
2: uh uh-huh.
1: you're not magically delicious
2: well <laughs> i definitely gotta vote for him because i like being magically delicious Or, oh, wait that sounds wrong i like i like people wait no that sounds wrong too yes okay yes magically delicious <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, like I want people to think I'm magically delicious, but I'm just like, ew, that sounds creepy.
1: It does sound creepy, yeah. but it's okay because you're creepy. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> um Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You can find us at the Real Appeal two E's and Real. The real appeal at gmail.com if you want to email us. Um we would like to get reviews on iTunes mm-hmm. if you're feeling generous.
2: They are delicious like Magically delicious? Yum, yum, yum. You know,
1: like Lucky Charms marshmallows? Mm-hmm. They just melt in your mouth like cotton candy sugar? Do they melt in your mouth? Do Lucky they, do, they do.
2: Okay, I, I've only had Lucky Charms like a handful of times. So.
1: And, and don't ever bite one. Why not? Because it's like cement in your molars. <gasps> like you'll never get that shit out.
2: <laughs> okay, it <that> sounds horrible.
1: <laughs> uh, this week we have the news recent review of just mercy variety time this week is try this not that and our geriatric cinematic is 1989's do the right thing and the topic if you haven't guessed systematic racism
2: Mm -hmm. yeah if you um i mean if you guys didn't notice at the top of the show that's public enemy right there so that kind of gives you a hint of we're going to be talking about yeah. Especially, this is this is gonna be a deep episode. It might. I. I don't know if it's gonna get heated between Kelsey and I. I doubt it. But it, we're, no, like, we're, you gonna, know what? we're gonna do some serious topics.
1: We have a good friendship and understanding. Mm. Me being a white person that didn't grow up around people of color till like middle school. Then it was like yeah, all, all like Puerto a, Rican. Yeah,
2: you were like a, you were raised in like a predominantly predominantly white area.
1: Yeah, and. um and actually, the funny thing is, mm. with, you know, regards to that, mm. maybe that's one of the reasons why I feel so bad for people who are prejudiced against. Because when you're mm. growing up in middle school, mm. like, Puerto Ricans don't fuck around.
0: <laughs> okay. they,
1: they're, like, it's so funny because normally, like, the families are really loving and accepting of, like other people and they're like Mm -hmm. oh you're part of our family yeah yeah but but them little shits growing up in fucking (laughs) middle school they're like little gangs and they just hate on people
2: you talking puerto ricans or or white
1: puerto ricans it was awful
2: that's kind of a that's that's kind of a a, i I I don't want to speak for all minorities um that's kind of it's our thing we kind of we hang around our own people and stuff like that but as we get older we tend to bring more people in Mm -hmm you know of all nationalities and stuff like that you know like that like there's that thing everybody wants to get invited to the cookout
1: and yeah and and anyways i kind of feel like i sounded kind of closet racist there anyway so i feel bad about that but but um, that was my experience and also it was um not a very rich town so
2: yeah so
1: there's usually less understanding
2: yeah and i highly doubt you know we wouldn't have gone to episode 53 53 if you were just like racist as shit, I would've been like, "Yo, just punch you in the face." Oh, well, I'm not gonna punch you, but I'm gonna have my mom punch you. you.
1: Mentally punch me in the face.
2: Yeah, like, mm, like that. <laughs> That's what I'm doing right now. <laughs> 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 all right, all right, all right. Um, all right. So let's let's go ahead and get into the news for this week. Yum. Um. Okay, Magically so, delicious. So Ridley Scott is threatening everybody with eyes to make a third alien prequel.
1: And ears. Don't be prejudiced e- against people e- with ears. And
2: ears. And ears. Yes, yes. Of course, if you can hear, there are subtitles. You know, this is a podcast for the hearing impaired as well. We have subtitles. <laughs> I'm so fucked up. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. Okay, so Really Scott has come out uh, during an interview with LA Times. He was quoted as saying, uh, what I always thought when I was making the first one was, why would a creature like this be made? And why was it traveling? And what I always thought was a kind of Warcraft, which was carrying a cargo of these eight eggs. What was the purpose of this vehicle, and what was the purpose of the egg? That's the, th- that's the thing to question. Um, who, why, and for what purpose is the next idea, I
1: think. And, and what came first, the chicken or the egg?
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, who came first, the facehugger or the xenomorph or some shit like that?
1: Yeah, so, uh, yeah, he's coming. <laughs> well, you know how much... Hmm. People love. Why do the Chicken Cross road jokes? What is that? No, I'm saying, do you really? Do you know how much people love that those jokes? Not a whole lot, or yeah, yeah, exactly. No <laughs> one wants to see a fucking prequel for <laughs> the aliens. Like, no one wants to know where they came from.
2: Yeah, yeah. Like he. So when Prometheus came out, uh, it grossed about four hundred three point uh, four million dollars out of a hundred twenty to hundred thirty million dollar budget when Covenant came out because I remember Pr- Prometheus got smashed mm-hmm. well it says here where the art of it got mixed reaction I have I think there's only one person I've actually ever met who says like it was good it was alright for like whatever he was trying to do um, but when Covenant came out uh, the box office gross was like 240 million dollars which is about almost half of what the first of what Prometheus meant I don't know anybody who's waiting for this third one to come out I I personally don't care, even though I love the whole alien universe. Um, I really like part one, love part two, three is good. Resurrection's kind of meh. Yeah,
1: I'm surprised that you said three is good because you kind of don't like that one.
2: No. Okay. It's not that I don't. You know what? Take that back. Years ago, I didn't like it. But as I grew as I got older and got a little bit more wiser, I did enjoy it. I remember that. I showed you the third one. And it was, like, pretty long, too. And I had realized that, like, oh, this was, like, somewhat David Fincher's version of the movie. Mm-hmm. And I and I had learned to appreciate it mm-hmm. and understand why they went that route. Even though the studio interfered the fuck out of that movie. There's actually quite a few, um, like, video essays and reports on, like, what Alien 3 was originally supposed to be about. And that idea was awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Like,
1: and you were like surprised it. to find out that that one's my favorite. What three? Mm-hmm. I thought part one was your favorite. No, like I like the first one a lot. Mm. Like it has a certain magic. Mm. Not magically delicious, just you <laughs> know, our magic.
2: Magically zionmores. <laughs>
1: Num the second one was kind of boring to me i didn't
2: that, that blows my mind you think that's boring it's like action pa- i mean okay
1: i mean it's action packed but uh, i just felt like it was missing whatever spark the first one had like yeah, everything everything it, is there and it should work and mm-hmm. it, i mean and, and for all intents and purposes it does mm-hmm. but the third one has like that raw 90s ridiculousness
0: mm, okay that
1: i remember growing up even though i don't remember movies
2: mm-hmm.
1: i like i remember that okay
2: i mean yeah th- i mean like i said there are people who who i know who do like part three or yeah. that i've met uh,
1: like i'm not wildly in love with it but mm. i that if you're gonna ask me which one is my favorite that mm-hmm. one would be
2: yeah everyone's entitled to like favorite. i mean that's like that's like the whole star wars thing like is it what's your favorite New Rise Hulk, of
1: skywalker or- <sighs> <laughs> fuck man that was well, my uncle if you were wondering. God, I
2: hate that. Okay, anyway, <laughs> I hate you. Um, <laughs> yeah, I like I. I, I don't care. I, I I honestly don't get me wrong. If it does get made, I'm gonna go see it. I have to go watch it because I'm just like, let's just go ahead and watch this shit and get get it fucking over with. Mm. But I don't care about these prequels at all the only thing that is actually interesting in any of these prequels is the is michael fassbender's character david is mm. the only interesting thing everything else is really stupid because like logic gets thrown out the fucking window I, I know
1: we watched prometheus you like you did showed we? it to me did we watch prometheus yeah you showed it to me
2: jesus christ that's why
1: i was like it's a very pretty movie with mm. like no content because i was like why is like all b-roll B yeah. roll, B roll, B roll, like everywhere. Like, yeah. more water, more water, more water. <laughs> I think it was like commenting on that when you were uh-huh. showing it to me. And then there were things that just didn't make sense in it. Like, oh, I, was, I remember
2: that now because we talked about the zigzag scene where Charlie Sterren running. Yeah. And that, that the ship is falling. And I was just like, have you noticed know, she's not zigzagging? You're like, yeah,
1: why? Well, like, there was, I don't remember exactly what it was, but there was like a. It almost looked like an air hockey table or something, but it's like their computer that shows yeah. like yeah, the like tunnels the, and yeah, different yeah. things. Huh. There was something with that that we were like, "That doesn't make sense."
2: Yeah, I don't remember. I do remember that. I remember it was like a red
1: that. dot or something that was moving around the board, and you're like,
2: "Yeah, I do remember that." I don't remember exactly like the full details, but because uh, I remember we were just like ragging on that movie. Yeah,
1: it was just fun to rag I,
2: on. I kind of okay. I'm not gonna kind of. I want to show you Covenant just to see how it's just like. I, I want I want you to punch me in the face after we watch the, that movie. All you have do is ask. Yeah, because it's so bad. But like, I don't. Me personally, I me myself, me myself personally,
1: me um, myself and I. Yeah,
2: I don't like. I don't care to see this. I don't care these for these prequels. I love the Alien universe. I love the the yutani Yutani Corporation and like the evilness of a corporation and trying to weaponize it. oh I hit the mic. Weaponize um this creature. You know the comic books are interesting. A V P is garbage. Do not give a fuck about those movies. Um, so expand on that world, expand on that universe, but don't don't show how the. What do you say? Don't show how the meat is processed. Yeah. <laughs> just fucking just give me like either like you can go so far that you can do a movie, you can do a series on colonial marines, mm-hmm. you can do a series on like corporate espionage at the whaling Utana industry and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You can do a series on more space truckers, mm-hmm. you know.
1: Do not give me this prequel. I, like, I don't want to know this. where they're coming from, like, like fucking the tremors movies (laughs) yeah no one wants to know where those creatures are coming from it's just a wild ride so like let it be what it is and stop overthinking it yeah
2: i think there's like six tremors movies and from where i left off they never really said where the tremors came from it was just like this unstoppable creature yeah and it was like awesome i'm on it i'm all i'm all about that
1: i didn't like those movies (sighs) i'm willing to give it another shot though
2: the first one was Good. I like the first one because of the, its campiness. The second one's like kind of alright, but after that, like eventually, like they start flying. Which is <laughs> <They're just laughs> like, huh? <laughs>
1: <laughs> like flying roaches, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> all right.
2: All right. So what, what, what do you got coming from the news?
1: John Boyega has decided that he's not going to be quiet anymore mm-hmm. about you know racism in anywhere.
2: Have you seen that that video John Boyega did on? I think it was on Instagram where he was like, fuck racism, fuck this, all the shit, fuck your wife, white life matters. I mean, sorry, white lives matter bullshit and everything. Mm-hmm. He like went the fuck off.
1: Did and, he come out with that before the protest?
2: Yeah, he did that before the protest and people were tweeting at him saying, like, oh, what you're saying is pretty racist. He go, he would say, go fuck yourself. Like, just straight up. Like <I'm>, Seth
1: Rogen. <laughs> yeah,
2: exactly. But like, please, we had to hijack your story.
1: Um, He. Well, that makes sense why he was like, oh, I might not have a job after this. Mm. So basically, he was like at a protest in London. Mm. Um, For all you people who don't know that he's British. Yes, he's British. Mm -hmm.
2: Um, That doesn't take away from his
1: blackness. (laughs) No, of course not. Um, And he he's you know, saying that he doesn't care, right? Mm. Like, he has to say something. And if he has to stay quiet to stay you know in his job and find more work he's like fuck that i don't want it yeah um but now all these filmmakers are like hey you have a spot anything you want you can yeah. have any like any character you want you can yeah, play yeah, it, whatever yeah um we have a lot of respect for you yeah um
2: uh, i know um jj J. abrams hit him up eva DuVernay hit him up uh jordan Peele hit him up um i think right now john boyega is working with um It's a homegirl's name, Suri from Black Panther. Um, I believe they're doing a movie together with Steve McQueen. Oh, so I mean,
1: Steve McQueen or Stephen R McQueen?
2: The director, Steve McQueen.
1: Not his grandson. No, not his, not his (laughs) grandson. No. (laughs) You know (laughs) the Vampire Diaries.
2: Yeah, totally. (laughs) Um,
1: Honestly, isn't that dude like super old?
2: Steve McQueen. Yeah. Yeah, he's old. He's dead yeah <laughs> that's how old he is uh he did a he did do a lengthy <laughs> he did do a lengthy 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 how do you say lengthy lengthy thank you speech uh but part of the speech he said um he said black lives have always mattered we have always been important we have always met some meant something we have always succeeded regardless and now is the time i ain't waiting i ain't waiting um this dude's fire the fuck up mm-hmm. i've seen pictures of uh, pictures of him I'm like yo is he about to, about to fucking bring the rise of the black panthers again hell yeah mm-hmm. it was dope but yeah that's i'm glad he fucking came out with his platform on, on his platform to use
1: i get really happy when people do that because like there are times where i feel kind of weird about being like a white person and feeling so strongly about people not being oppressed mm-hmm and my biggest thing is that i i honestly i can't handle adversity mm. um but also like i have kids that are mixed too yeah like they kind of look white whatever but they're half mexican yeah um and i don't and their dad's a little bit darker than they are yeah and they've asked me before is the president going to deport my dad oh shit i'm like well, what's going to happen to dad and he like he's not american yeah yeah um even
2: though he's like sir, even though he's done time in the military
1: yeah, but yeah. he still only has his green card. So yeah. they're like, you know, what's going to happen to dad when he got elected and all that shit? Yeah. Like, I just want my kids to grow up where diversity is celebrated.
2: I mean, not only not only that. I mean, not only does your daughter have to worry about diversity, they have to also de- um deal with sexism and shit like that. Mm-hmm. You know, like my daughter, she's I mean, you look at my daughter, you straight see like a mixed child and everything. And I'm I'm already trying to Teacher and tell her like avoid this, confront that. Do not let anybody walk all over you. This is this, this. Be mm-hmm. proud of your heritage. Because m- unfortunately, my mom never really gave that to me. Um, for all of you who don't know, I'm I have I'm half black and half Spanish, so I got a lot of shit from white people, black people, and Mexican people. So I got a lot of shit from all fronts, and my mother never taught me stand up for yourself this is who you are this is your heritage and all that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. so i'm trying to pass that along to my daughter because the world we're in now people are wearing their racism on a on their shoulder like something to be fucking proud of
1: yeah like a badge or some shit (laughs) yeah
2: exactly like
1: (sighs) and it's funny how you bring up like the um sexism too because that Mm. that crosses my mind too like um maybe that's another reason why i understand oppression Mm. the way i do because yeah
2: even you face you face some as well being a female Mm
1: -hmm. yeah it's definitely not like on a black person's level but at least i can understand it yeah
2: yeah i I get
1: you don't worry you cool (laughs) you are (laughs) so yeah john Boyega is awesome and um (laughs) you should throw all of your money at him
2: well don't throw it at him throw throw all your money at the black lives matter (laughs) group you know the okay,
1: well um, I was thinking like support him as an actor oh yeah like you know oh, go yeah, see yeah. his movies go see his
2: movies exactly Yeah, go see his movies um also donate to the ACL the
1: ACLU no okay hmm. sorry but we have to plug uh Amazon Smile <laughs> okay well I'm saying because it's a good way if you're <laughs> yeah, if you you're, use you're right, Amazon you're right. as much as we do mm mm-hmm sure everybody does because it's a big fucking company yeah you can actually go on um amazon and um they have amazon smile so basically you sign up for that and it's free and um a lot of the things that you buy on there are mm. eligible to donate to
2: to charity to
1: charity you choose yeah. a charity. so yeah since i was married to a marine and when i was still married i've had wounded warriors mm-hmm. Um, but now this, and I'm not married to him anymore, and it's not really my, um...
2: does not really, like, your area you want to donate. (laughs)
1: Yeah, so I switched it to ACLU Southern California.
2: Yeah, I didn't even know about that. I use Amazon all the time, and you pointed me to that direction. I was like, oh, shit, let me go ahead and do this. Yeah. So...
1: So everyone should do that, and actually, probably should post about it.
2: Yeah, Amazon's an evil corporation, but, I mean... (laughs) They help help when they
1: can. Yeah. You know, and Jeff Bezos, with his fucking...
2: Yeah, with all the, I know, all the money. Oh, wait, what? What comment? What happened?
1: You didn't hear him say, um, "If you're something about if you're going to be racist, um, I don't want you as a customer anyway." Oh like, yeah, bye.
2: fuck y'all shit, fuck y'all yeah. shit. And
1: someone made a comment about they were they were unhappy with all of the stuff that he was doing for the Black Lives Matter movement, <sighs> and he's like, "If you're unhappy with this, and you're not the type of customer I want anyway, yeah, why
2: wouldn't you shit?
1: I mean, that's he <laughs> has enough money." That he could probably lose a a thousand, ten thousand, even a million of that type of customer and still be perfectly fine. He'll be
2: fine. He's got all the money. I think from what I from what I read, he's going to be the first ever trillionaire. Yeah, (laughs) I think he'll be fine. Yeah. Uh, Okay. So what also jumped in the news? um, This actually came out uh, today, which is Monday. Um. So Bruce Campbell reveals that a new Evil Dead is planned and they've even got a director uh while speaking to empire uh, empire magazine bruce campbell let out that uh sam Remy has handpicked lee cronin who is a who directed this horror film this irish horror film called uh the hole in the ground um from what i heard it's a good one it doesn't really change the genre doesn't really elevate it but it's actually like a decent watch Mm -hmm. um he's so lee Cronin has been uh, sorry, Cronin Lee Cronin has been picked to write and direct the new Evil Dead, which is going to, which is supposedly going to be titled Evil Dead Now. This is Bruce Campbell's words called Evil Dead Now. Uh, unfortunately, this Evil Dead will not follow uh, Fede Alvarez's Evil Dead reboot, which I enjoyed. I know it was paper thin, like the the plot and stuff like that, and it's even the even some of the characters were kind of like, eh. But that's that's just that's the first Evil Dead movie. Mm-hmm. It had, the, it had the, the DNA of it very well put together. Uh, it won't follow that. It won't follow any of the previous Evil Dead movies or the series, which I'm kind of saddened by because I really, really enjoyed that Evil Dead uh, series, Ash vs. Evil Dead. But So it's going to be a brand new thing. It's going to be within the Evil Dead world. Uh, Campbell said, Bruce Campbell said, while well, speaking to Empire, uh, we're just getting off the phone with Lee Cronin uh who is writing and directing the next evil dead. Uh it's called Evil Dead now. Sam Sam handpicked him. Uh handpicked Lee, sorry. He did he did a cool movie called The Hole in the Ground. We're going to get the sucker off as soon as practical. Uh Campbell also said that from this point forward, they kind they kind of have to stand on their own. And he was talking about how these Evil Dead movies and the fact that Ash is not coming back. Um which is fine and liberating. You can have different heroes, different heroines in this case, uh this one's going to be a little more dynamic. We just want to keep the series current. And the mantra really is that our heroes and heroines are just regular people. That's what we're going to continue. So, I know I'm not shown you these Evil Dead movies. Mm-hmm. I really need to get on that. Um, I'm all for it. Love the Evil Dead world. Um, <laughs> they, there has been... I don't know if the series is still going on, but there was a long series of Evil Dead comics. Ash had like bumped into like Xena Warrior Princess. There's like I a-
1: used to love that show.
2: <laughs> There's a Evil Dead. There's a Evil Dead crossover with Darkman.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, there is an Evil Dead crossover with the Marvel zombie comics. Come to find out, like the Necronomicon is the reason why the Marvel zombies were in existence. Um, there is this really great. A comic called "As" versus Jason versus Freddy, mm-hmm. which was originally supposed to be like the second Freddy versus Jason movie. That's a good comic. So, if if, if this gives us more Evil Dead, give it to me. Feed mm-hmm. it. Put it into my veins. I want mm-hmm. that shit.
1: Um, were you saying something about um actors playing a certain role for too long? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so
2: a lot of people have asked Bruce Campbell, "Hey." Will you ever come back? Fuck when I got a chance to interview him, I asked him, "Will you ever come back, man because you are you are the fucking king in these movies mm-hmm. and he he straight out said, "I'm done with it. I've hung up the chainsaw, let it be somewhere else. I've done my time, and he's satisfied with how he took the character, especially this is the this is the role that like defines his career. You see him. Boom! Ash, straight up. He's done. Even though he's done. Even though he's done like Darkman. He's done um, Briscoe County Jr. He's done like all these characters. Bubba Ho and stuff. He's Ash. I applaud him for saying I'm done with this. Um... I believe you told me something earlier about Chris Evans, how he was done being Captain America.
1: Yeah, um, he's like I've been doing it for like ten years. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to leave it on a high note, and I know that there are some character, some characters, some actors who who don't want to just be known for one role.
2: Yeah, they don't want to be typecast. No actor likes to be typecast.
1: Right. So like, I I couldn't imagine what it's like. So some actors actually have a relationship with the character that they play. Mm-hmm. Like it's almost like they're a real person yeah um, robert
2: downey jr is a perfect example of that
1: and then if you get stuck with that one person for too long um and then you almost kind of have like an identity crisis too like mm. no i am not captain america i'm chris evans like yeah come on well that's kind of funny how
2: you say like chris evans is like i'm not captain america but if you go on his twitter account that dude is straight up captain america Like yeah. the <laughs> shit he says is like yo come on stop it steve rogers i mean chris <laughs> evans um but yeah and i've uh I don't. I don't remember who said this. Uh, I don't remember who was the actor or actress, but they had said during an interview about, you know, they're playing a certain role, and um, th- I think you know what? Now I think about, I think it might have been Hugh Jackman. I think it might have been Hugh Jackman. Um, uh, they said, I don't want to do this role for so long because because then you'll begin to hate the role. You begin to hate the character, mm-hmm. and then you begin to like give these shitty performances, and you don't want that because that memory will stick out more than anything right you know um it, like okay like hugh jackman so hugh jackman played wolverine for like 10 years 10 or 15 years or something that was like a that. long time you know you think of wolverine you're like boom hugh jackman screaming at the sky or whatever
0: mm-hmm.
2: and he gave um despite all those bad accent movies he was probably like the best part of those movies and then he ended it on a high note with logan mm-hmm. and people were like hugh jackman come back and he was like i'm done <laughs> which i think it's perfect end on that high note yeah end on that on that high note and so Bruce i'm Campbell's sure he wants to thing. be
1: known as something other than you know an angry guy with fucking metal claws in his hands yeah i mean he's like a, he wants to be able to show what his acting capabilities actually are
2: yeah and he's actually like a talented actor like i've seen plenty of movies where he's not playing wolverine i'm just like yo like my thought is if he never played Wolverine, he would have still made it in Hollywood in some form or fashion. Mm-hmm. He would have just never been Wolverine, but like I mean, you 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 wanna hang up those you wanna hang up those roles, especially when you want to hang on on a high note and the way how Ash Ash versus the Evil Dead ended, just end on that high note because it ended on such a cliffhanger that mm-hmm. people's mind would just start going off, oh, how did Ash survive this? Did he do this? Did he do this? And it and it never amounts to it never amounts to anybody's imagination mm-hmm. whatever you can kind of reveal Ex example really Scott God and aliens
1: yeah <laughs> well he should have let that shit go a long time ago <sighs> he should
2: have Jesus Christ alright um, I think that's it for our news
1: yeah. yeah so let's do our recent review of Just Mercy
2: tell me everything that happened the first time I visited Death Row I wasn't expecting to meet somebody the same age as me from a neighborhood just like ours could have been me, Mama. But what you're doing is gonna make a lot of people upset. You always taught me to fight for the people who need the help most. Your life is still meaningful. And I'm gonna do everything possible to keep them from taking it. You only know what you're into down here in Alabama when you're guilty from the moment you're born. God, Mr. McMillan. We done here! Mr. McMillan, please.
1: I was just about to give up when I got a call from a Harvard lawyer looking to start a legal center for inmates on death row. I was in before he even offered me the job. You the lawyer?
2: Yes, ma'am.
1: Thank you so much for driving all the way out here. Most lawyers barely make time to call.
2: I can't believe you talked to all my people and said you're gonna fight for me. I did? That mean a lot. If you go digging in those wounds, you're gonna be making a lot of people very unhappy.
1: When people care about a thing that much, they'll do anything to get what they want.
0: When I first learned about all this, it was like looking at a river full of
1: drowning people and not having any way of helping them.
2: You ain't quit, this? No, sir.
1: The synopsis is, a world-renowned civil rights defense attorney, Brian Stevenson, works for, works to free a wrongly condemned death row prisoner uh also i should have said hey he's a black guy but I didn't mention anything about that in the synopsis mm-hmm. okay um i think that's important
2: yeah probably i mean brian brian stevens is kind of like a well oh not everybody knows who brian stevens is but yeah No,
1: not him but the the condemned death oh, or prisoner. oh
2: gotcha gotcha yeah gotcha gotcha
1: um it's directed by dustin daniel crenton who did Short Term 12 in 2013, and he's um, doing Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, which is coming out next year. Uh, Written by Dustin Daniel Cretton and Andrew Lanham. Um, Andrew Lanham wrote The Glass Castle in 2017. I don't know what that is. Um, And it stars Jamie Foxx as Walter McMillan, Michael Harding as Sheriff Tate, Christopher Wolf as Jim Wilkes, Michael B. Jordan as Brian Stevenson, Brie Larson, she can live in any fucking era she wants to,
2: yeah, and still be beautiful. You know what? No lie, um, I was I was able to watch an episode of Community today, and it was the episode where she shows up uh-huh. as like a character's potential girlfriend. I was like,
1: damn, she's fucking cute. Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
2: <laughs> she looks so cute with glasses on. Yeah, I was like, go, go.
1: Um, Brie Larson plays Eva Ansley. Uh, O'Shea Jackson Jr. plays Anthony Ray Hinton, and Tim Blake Nelson plays Ralph Myers. I always love seeing him show up anywhere.
2: Oh, Tim Blake Nelson? Yes. Yeah, that dude's a legit actor. I could. I. Could, I remember we were watching this, watching this, and I was like,
1: "Yo, Tim
2: Blake Nelson is in this movie! Hell <laughs> yeah!
1: Hell yeah!" Um, I think you should start. All right. So.
2: The reason, first, let me just say the reason why we decided to do this. Um, This movie did come out last year. Um, It's been available to watch for quite a while. Um, However, WB did uh, announce that they were going to release Just Mercy on pretty much like all the platforms, all the digital platforms. Mm -hmm. You can watch this on Amazon, you can watch it on YouTube. Um, I think you can watch it like on Google Play, uh, iTunes for free. Um, I, don't, I think it might have popped up on Netflix as well.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, but they wanted to get this movie out there, which is understandable. It's a very um, – the way how the trailer sells it, it's very uplifting. It's very it's, – it takes a uh, not a deep dive, but it gives a look into um, the justice system and how it's constantly against uh, minorities. Mm-hmm. Um, so Kelsey and I thought, like, this would be a great topic to talk about. It's a great movie to talk about. And we, trust me, we were really looking forward to this. Um, and then we saw the movie (laughs) now.
1: (sighs) I felt like it was written by someone who's only ever written scripts for PSAs.
2: Yeah, it's kind of weird because like the way how it's written, it's like they, they either over explain or they explain something in different, very different, various ways that it does not need to be done. You know, like um, Dustin Daniel Crinton, he wrote Short Term 12, which is a great film. Great, really great, greatly written. But this Andrew uh, Laham guy, I don't know. I feel like I kind of feel like the fault is on him. Like D- D- like Dustin Crinton is like, OK, cool. This is how we're going to explain this scene. And he does it. And it seems like Andrew L- Laham kind of came in like. After him, and was like, "Oh, well, let me go ahead and make sure I can explain it better, mm. or let me make sure if you guys didn't get it, this is what this is what this character is trying to say." Yeah. So some of the some of the dialogue seems pretty fucking redundant.
1: It's really bad. Yeah. Um, I feel like it's mostly filler. Yeah, it's exactly like you. You definitely see Michael B. Jordan in the car, mm-hmm. and then in the courthouse, and then in the car, <laughs> and he's at the desk, and then he's you know. Mm-hmm talking to um what's his name walter mcmillan Mm. and he you know back in the car like it's it just felt like they didn't have enough content and they didn't really know what they wanted to do with it yeah um but they knew it was a story that they wanted to tell they just didn't put it together the way it it deserved
2: yeah like it, the message, I, I feel like the mess the message is there. It's said, but like the execution and the impact of the message is not really felt mm-hmm. that much throughout the movie. Like there is one scene where um, we are kind of getting a we we're kind of getting into the life of Jamie Foxx in prison, and uh, one of the other character who's escaping me, who was another inmate on death row.
1: Herb was it Herb?
2: Yeah, it was Herb, and. I, was, I, I wanted to see more of Jamie Foxx's character, the guy who plays Herb, whose name is Escaping Me, and O'Shea, O'Shea, O'Shea Jackson's character. I wanted to see more of their dynamic. Because apparently like, they were close. Mm-hmm. But like I wanted to see like not why they're close. I mean, obviously they're, like, they're, they're, they're not sharing a cell, but their cells are next to each other. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to see more of them interacting with each other yeah. and seeing how deep they are with each other and one of the character one of the, one of the characters who's on death row like eventually like he dies but it's like we 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 get an impact of it but it's just like I, there was no there was nothing really bringing up to that impact yeah like we, we saw that like maybe he we saw that like maybe he shouldn't be um, put on death row but like we didn't follow him long enough and i wanted to see more of that it was almost to the point where i wanted to follow that character a little bit more
1: yeah, you. I mean, you get some of his background and you definitely feel for him. Um, mm. But at the end of the day, his death was more or less to shock you and to make you worry more about Walter McMillan.
2: Yeah, yeah. It was, I, it was like trying to show you the gravity of what Walter McMillan is going through.
1: I think, um, I'm, I'm not going to get into it, but something that Tim Blake Nelson's character said mm. um, about that was more impactful than... Um, seeing her actually going through the process.
2: Really? Okay. Yeah, we got to get to that. When we get to the spoilers. Um, okay, so I'm going to go ahead and turn this to you. What did you think of the acting? Because I know that's one of the key things that you really... Oh, <laughs> you're just like... Uh, on I that.
1: only liked Brie Larson.
2: Oh, really? Okay.
1: That's it. Just that's her. That's it? I only liked her. Okay. Um, I thought Jamie Foxx was playing... It was like he was a, a highly intelligent guy mm. playing a really stupid person. Like mm. he didn't really know how to fit into that role.
0: Then
1: mm-hmm. um, I'm not, obviously I'm not saying Walter McMillan is dumb. I'm just saying like he he wasn't fitting in, in that role properly.
2: Yeah. I, you know, it's funny. He, I,
1: he looked like he was wearing like a, like a poor black person like mask like he just he looked wrong.
2: Mhm. Uh I yeah, what's his? um Jamie Foxx has kind of done that before. He did this movie with Robert Downey Jr. uh that was really God, it was so it was really bad. Um where he played this guy who was the it's called the soloist. Um he played the character Nathaniel Ares who was like this hobo this homeless guy who was really good at the violin. He was like uh like a, almost like an idiot savant, or something mm-hmm. like that. But like when you saw him in that movie, I'm just like, yo, this is Jamie Foxx. This is like, to quote, to quote uh, Robert Downey Jr. in Tropic Thunder, he was this character who like who went full retard, <laughs> you know. But like his, I, I wouldn't, I, I'm not gonna, I wouldn't say I share the same sentiment with you on like the acting. Like you said, like Brie Larson is like the only good one mm-hmm. in the movie. I did enjoy Jamie Foxx's role. Um, it wasn't phenomenal, but I thought it, I thought it fit well with that character. I get what you're saying because sometimes I was kind of like
1: he, he takes you out of it, yeah. not as much as other people do, mm. um, but he does kind of take you out of it. It's almost like it's almost like he plays certain roles mm. just to show you that he can. So you yeah, know what I'm saying? Like, I get you. Yeah. So it's like okay, like I know you can do this. Why don't you do something else? Like I saw you do this in fucking Django.
2: Oh, love Django
1: i i mean i do too but yeah. i'm saying like like we know you can act why don't you stretch yourself somewhere else yeah
2: i mean this dude won he won a uh he won an oscar playing ray Char- ray charles and ray
1: yeah i saw that one too
2: yeah and it it feels like he's like he's reaching you know he's this now i remember it this is what's it's sticking with me now. Like I said, I do enjoy his performance, but he's doing the Will Smith thing where Will Smith was trying to prove he was like a serious actor. So he was doing like these really serious movies, mm-hmm. but they were falling flat because it's like, yo, dude, you're Will fucking Smith. Yeah. It's hard for you to do that. This, it's kind of the same with Jamie Foxx. Like, I did enjoy it, but at the same time, yo, you're Jamie Foxx, man. Like, like he come shouldn't on. be
1: playing calm people. He's really good at playing people that have an, an emotional range. Mm-hmm. Um, and he wasn't bad in this role, but because the character didn't have an emotional range, mm. neither did he. Yeah. And so it was like, anybody could have played that role.
2: Yes, I would agree with that 100%. I think anybody could have played that role. Um, they probably would have made the role even better.
1: Even, uh, you know, Michael V. Jordan could have played that role. Nah,
2: he is too, too young for that.
1: <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm saying yeah. with his level of acting as uh, well. Uh he was kind of like um not that great no he was very plain like yeah and his eyebrows were really squiggly it was distracting <laughs> um i thought i
2: thought michael B. Jordan was all right he seems to work better when he's bouncing off of people like when it was between him and brie larson that seems like come natural mm-hmm. like their their chemistry except for the parts where they were over some shit <laughs>
1: Um like I like him in Creed because he bounces off of um Stallone. No. What's oh, her face? Oh Tessa
2: Thompson? Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah I yeah.
1: mean also Stallone. Yeah. But like I don't think Stallone's a great actor. I just think he has a certain energy.
2: I, yeah, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. But yeah. Um so like I, guess I, I, I oh, what else was I was gonna I can't wait for else to say about it. Um oh, okay, yeah, so so back to my Michael B. Jordan. So um him and Him and Brie Larson um, interacting was good. I I, I actually was really enjoying the scenes with him and Jamie Mm Foxx because they were kind of going off of each other. Like they were kind of going off of each other's energy. And Michael B. Jordan, you can tell that he was kind of like learning from Jamie Foxx to like bring up his character. There's even the beginning of the movie, which is really good, where Michael B. Jordan is talking to a young guy who's about his age on death row. Mm -hmm. That seemed genuine. I really dug that. Yeah. But it was really hard to see Michael B. Jordan more than this guy from Oakland. Because <laughs> it's like, this, his certain demeanor is he, just like... And
1: he looks young and he looks too modern for the time that they 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 cast him in. Mm-hmm, yeah. You know, like he didn't have the hair. He didn't have, you know, like facial hair. He didn't have like any of the swagger. Mm, like yeah. none of that stuff that you would see from that time.
2: Yeah, because this story takes place kind of like at the tail end of the 80s. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I got gotcha. Okay. Um, you wanna just kinda go right in hand enough spoilers? Yeah. Deep dive into the shit. Alright, if you uh, folks have not seen uh, Just Mercy and I don't know what Just Mercy <laughs> <laughs> If you guys haven't seen Just Mercy and you don't want to be spoiled, uh, here's your spoiler bumper right about now. So the um, Michael B. Jordan, I think his best performance in this movie, however, is near the end, in that courtroom scene, where he's talking to the judge, Mm -hmm. and he's saying, here's the evidence, this is the problem, this is the issue, this, this, and that. So there's some injustice in this. Mm -hmm. That scene, I was like... There we go. Yeah, that's exactly. It, that's him acting.
1: That's it. That's, I think he, you know what I think it is? I think mm-hmm. he was holding himself back intentionally. Yeah. Because he knew he had to play a Harvard graduate. Mm-hmm. He just graduated. Yeah. That is still trying to learn how to be a defense attorney. Mm-hmm. Um. So, you know, like there's, you can't have the confidence of someone who's been in it for a decade or two. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You have to be like, oh, I'm trying to find my way, but um, I think maybe he needs to practice that a little bit.
2: Yeah, I, he, like Michael B. Jordan. He, I, I've seen interviews with him and shit like that. He walks around like he's got some serious like swagger in his step. Like he's got all the confidence in the fucking world and all that shit. And um, I don't remember if this was supposed to be like the Brian Stevens' first case. I doubt. No, I don't think it was supposed to be his first case. But yeah, he was like freshly out of Harvard. But he didn't have that kind of like, oh, shit, I might be getting like way over into this way over my head kind of mentality. Mm -hmm. Like it almost seemed like he knew he was going to have a slam dunk at some point.
1: Yeah, it it wasn't like a surety like, oh, I know I'm going to win this, but it was more of like the naive. Mm -hmm. I can make a difference type of thinking that he had. So it wasn't Mm -hmm. confidence. It was just. This is wrong, so it's got to change, mm, right? Yeah. Um. So there was, and like you could see conviction here or there, but mostly it was just like some young dumb kid trying to feel his way around.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um. So let's talk about uh, let's talk about one of our homeboys, Tim Blake Nelson.
1: Yeah. What Jesus did you think Christ. Of, what did
2: you think of Israel?
1: I swear, like he reminds me a little bit of this kid. Uh-huh. Um. On a school bus that I used to take to and to from school who's um the bus driver mm-hmm. she would bring her it was her son mm-hmm. she would bring him on the bus because he was too young to stay home alone mm-hmm. and he didn't have enough eyelid oh, to wow. like blink and stuff he had to have surgery to correct it okay but his i mean his eyes like different we'll just say different okay um and he really couldn't blink so um it was funny, kind of funny to see Tim Blake Nelson like that because it reminded me of that. Because it looked like something wasn't right with his eyes, and he kept blinking mm-hmm. a lot, and like yeah, they look smaller than they normally do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think whoever did his makeup. It did a really phenomenal job.
2: Yeah, that yeah, his character has like all these burn scars, like on his neck and his chin and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It looked legit. I was like, "Yo, did they burn Bo- Tim Blake Nelson for this role?" Like, holy <laughs> shit!
1: Well, his mouth. I was wondering how the hell he was using his mouth that way. Like, yeah, because
2: half of it, because it looked like his yeah. character had like nerve damage or something. Yeah, like, like that. he
1: couldn't move half of his mouth. Yeah. So he would talk out one side of his mouth, and then you see pictures of.
2: i'm trying to do that right now that's why kelsey's laughing
1: um they they showed pictures at the end of the actual Uh,
2: yeah ralph myers
1: yeah and and he actually legitimately looked like that
2: yeah um some of his some of tim blake nelson's performance i i did enjoy some of it (laughs) was there like i kept thinking that um that destin curtain was like all right tim blake um because that's what he calls him. All right, Tim Blake.
1: <laughs> yeah, not Tim. Yeah.
2: All right, Tim. Um, We're gonna have you do this character, and I want you to perform it. And just do it at your best ability. And he like does it, and then Desen goes, "Cut more." And then Tim Blake nothing does more. He goes, "No more. Give me more." <laughs> so want- he
1: says, bobbing and weaving and <laughs> yeah. blinking and, yeah. and twitching. and, and they like
2: shucking and all to the left and stuff like that? Um, I did, but like, I mean, other than that, I did. I did enjoy his performance. That, dude, that dude's got some fucking mad talent. I don't yeah. know why that guy has not won an Oscar.
1: Wait, yeah. So actually, him and Brie Larson are the only two people that I really enjoyed.
2: Mm, okay. One person who I did enjoy, um, uh, other than Tim McNelson and Jamie Foxx, it's, uh, let me pull up the homeboy's name. Uh, the guy who played uh, Herbert. His name is Rob Morgan. Rob Morgan's like a legit actor.
1: You know, I was actually looking for his name on IMDb. And when I was putting the list together, mm. they had the names so far spread out of who was more like top bill yeah um like and i i feel like Herb would have been up there yeah and i i really i was like no, i couldn't find him.
2: yeah well cause he's like way down like yeah barely above like prison interviewee like those characters
1: i was also looking for the prison guard um, when we get to that i'll talk about it
2: oh you're the one who was doing like these like stupid character switches yeah um so rob morgan i i like rob morgan he is a he's a good like character actor um and he's very chill as fuck i i kelsey and i got to interview him uh, at a, an event and he was just like yeah man you know this this and that and everything like, he seemed like a guy you can actually can like, you like s-
1: commented on his jewelry yo
2: that nigga was fucking fresh <laughs> i was digging on that shit but yeah we asked him like some we were asking like some like legit questions and he this dude knows the fuck he's what what he knows so when i saw him in this movie i was like yo Bra morgan's in this hell yeah and i really did like his performance as herbert uh herbert is this cat who uh, suffers from ptsd um but they they are they're they're kind of they're kind of like kind of like treading the water at the idea of like that this character should not be in prison he should be like in a psych ward something's obviously like mentally wrong with him
1: yeah like they, he he admits He admits to making a bomb and placing it on someone's porch. Yeah. Um, But he's emotional because he's like, yeah, I I did that. But I didn't want anyone to get hurt. Yeah. Um, He's like, I just, like, he doesn't know why he does the things that he does.
2: Yeah, and I think think they kind of touched on the fact that, like, he went to Vietnam and it, like, really fucked with him and everything. And I thought that would have been, like, a really good area to cover like maybe as like a as as a better defined subplot yeah or plot b or whatever Mm -hmm. i thought that would have been pretty great to to go in there and um like i said i wanted to see more um interaction between um herbert uh what's the guy what was jamie Foxkin william that's right oh i'm sorry walter and uh what the fuck is okay jack's character's name hinton is it hinton yeah see i wanted to see you no, know, Anthony. Yeah, Anthony Ray Hinton. I wanted to see more interactions with those characters, and I thought I thought if they, because we would have gotten more to follow with the with the prisoners. Mm-hmm. And I thought that would have been really good, right? To, to show that more, even though the movie kind of really follows, um, uh, Brian Stevenson's character and how he kind of faces not kind of he faces oppression and the difficulty of trying to like get this guy, um, trying to get Walter. Uh, off death row and everything that was cool but like some of those scenes where they were kind of just doing like redundant shit we could have seen more of like the present life as well
1: yeah exactly like um
2: and you don't have to like i'm sorry i uh, i another thought came to me you don't have to you can show it without like brutalizing it you can just be like yo this is their life but like we don't have to show them getting the shit kicked out of them just see them on their day
1: so there was um i think that's a good segue into what Tim Blake Nelson's character said that mm-hmm. I thought was more important than Herb's character dying. Okay. Uh, if they had built up Herb mm. better, yeah. That would have been more impactful. Mm. But like you said it really wasn't um and it was mostly there because you know that you're supposed to be following Walter and you don't want him to die. Yeah. Um but Tim Blake Nelson with his Burns um kind of revealed he revealed why he lied. Yeah. About seeing uh, Walter McMillan. um, Yeah,
2: supposedly murder this girl. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: And it's because he's been burned. He was burned as a child. That's why he looks the way he does. Mm. And he remembers um, what it's like to smell like burning flesh. Yeah. And in order to intimidate him into giving the story that they wanted, the sheriffs put him on death row Mm. right next to the, the kill room. Yeah. So that he could smell the burning flesh, and he starts crying, and he's like, "They know I can't handle that. Like I have a fear of fire, and they know that, and exactly. they use it against yeah. me."
2: And yeah, and see, that's more of like a, a how psychologically fucked up this situation is. And if they gone further into it and gave more of that, I think that would have been pretty dope. It would have been, uh, it would have been, it would have up, it would have up that level of impactful nature of like how fucked up this system is, mm-hmm. how like. These people are power are like essentially threatening these people, threatening these uh inmates of possibly death or even just fucking with their head.
1: And all, And also his character, you could tell that he's like he has developmental issues. Yeah. Like, you know, he never either finished school or if he did, like he was never going to go anywhere. Yeah. Like there was something wrong with him. And and I think Tim Blake Nelson probably should win awards for that part.
2: I know um, I know Jamie Foxx won a screen actors guild award for this and Jess Mercy got a lot of like accolades for the message and the direction and everything like that. Um like I said but however I don't know I just
1: I feel like they gave the awards because it's a movie about black people struggling. That
2: is also that could also be very true. I mean black people struggling has gotten awards. Just look at 12 Years a Slave.
1: Just look at Green Book. Oh, 12 i never saw 12 years of slave i thought that one was supposed to be good
2: that one is really good that one is really really good mm-hmm. uh i think it won for like best picture it, for an oscar for best mm-hmm. picture however i'll just tell you when i went to go see that movie i saw it in a predominantly white neighborhood and when i walked out of the theater i was like yo i'm gonna kill some white people <laughs> that shit was brutal yeah that's oh uh lupi uh, lupita Nyong'o won an oscar for her performance
1: that's like her breakout role i think
2: that was her breakout role and that performance was fucking amazing yeah um yeah yeah black people suffering just gets awards (laughs) that's how that's how hollywood is
1: (laughs) oh you want to show me your struggle okay you still ain't shit but
2: (laughs) right yeah (laughs) we're not gonna give you this role shit um one thing i do have to applaud is um michael b jordan this is the first film um that has what's called i believe is called an inclusion clause mm-hmm. um Michael then michael b jordan made this happen he was pretty much like for everything for uh everything in front of the camera behind the camera uh clothing design set design location fucking pa ads, and stuff like that we want we want to make sure that Everybody's included. Black, white, Asian, Mexican, white. I mean, <laughs> black, white, Asian, Mexican, stuff like that. What? So he wanted to make sure that this was like, it's called an inclusion clause, which is like the first film to actually have this. Mm-hmm. And he said uh, during an interview that this was the first time that I was on set and I felt like I was essentially home. I was around people that I could easily relate to. Mm-hmm. And I have to applaud him for that because uh, I believe he like produced this film. Oh, and he okay. made that happen. So I got I to gotta applaud him for for. Do For making this the first and hopefully not the last.
1: Yeah. Um, overall, mm-hmm. I'm going to say that I was actually very offended. <laughs> okay. That Like, <laughs> look, obviously I'm white. Maybe mm-hmm. I shouldn't be offended because mm. from my understanding of things, if you're going to put a message out there mm. as important as this one, mm-hmm. don't fuck it up. That's true. And I feel like they did. Like they dropped the ball. They took a really important message, a really important story. Mm. And they made it look like a, you know made for T V movie. I
2: remember you said that while I watched the Yeah. And I was like, fuck, she's kinda
1: right. Yeah. Like I'm I'm really disappointed and almost almost kind of offended because mm. it deserved better and they could have done better.
2: Yeah, I, I honestly think that Maybe if it didn't have two writers, because you can tell that um, you can tell you can tell it's two separate writers at certain times. Oh. So I
1: that that one guard is a great example. Oh yeah.
2: Oh, oh my God. Yeah. Okay. So here.
1: First of all, this guy kind of reminds me of my older brother.
2: Like the attitude or the
1: look. Both. Oh sure. Well, not the bad. Well, he has some issues. <laughs> okay. Anyway, right. um he kind of looks like him right my brother's like blonde hair blue eyes Mm -hmm. um but anyways the first time you see um
2: this one particular guard
1: no the first time you see michael b jordan go into this jail Mm he he encounters his guard yeah he signs in and the guy's like we've never seen you before you don't belong here yeah he's like well i have appointments i have to see six people today yeah and he's like okay well fine i'm gonna strip search you he's like no like you don't need to strip search me just
2: yeah you know. attorneys
1: aren't supposed to be strip searched yeah. yeah and he's like no so he puts him in his room and of course michael b jordan he's like you know like these guys are important i'm gonna do this shit yeah. like it pisses me off and it hurts but in the very end he's like okay now bend over and spread them mm-hmm. just to get a rise out of michael b jordan yeah and that part he was actually good because he like actually was shaking. Yeah. Um, but, like, the guy's like, just put your clothes on, and he walks away, like, with a smirk on his face. Yeah,
2: you could tell that he was fucking with him.
1: Like, he was a fucking dirtbag. Yeah. And I totally believe that part, mm. and it pissed me off, like, yeah. in the way that it should. Mm. And after that, it's like all of a sudden, he had a conscience.
2: Yeah, they were like, it seemed like they were trying to make that
1: character sympathetic. Yeah, like... Like people do change. Oh my God. If you try to fight systematic racism, Mm -hmm. the white man will look at you in a bitter light. Like, yeah, that like it doesn't, it's really, um, there's a word I'm trying to think of. Mm. I don't know. It's like really, uh,
2: well, well, why why are you trying to remember that word? I, I,
1: idealistic. I,
2: idealistic. Okay. Okay. I, I fully agree with you on that character. I can't even remember the dude's name, but like, like that, like they're setting up that character to be like, like they're setting up the character to show how much racism is in the prison system. There are, there's one guard. Oh, no. It's the sheriff of the town or whatever. Racist, right? Yeah. And then there's the, um, uh, what's the game? The the prosecutor, mm-hmm. who you can tell that he's just kind of a guy who's not fully racist. um He's more looking out for his career. Yeah, and
1: so he's like closet racist because he doesn't give a shit.
2: Yeah, and then well, he at one point his character does a turnover where he's just like, yeah, we're just not gonna retry this case because obviously he was like, all right, yeah, I fucked up. Okay, cool. But like this one dude, it was just like, yo, why are you having this guy be like? This character, but then like you start, they trying to feed the idea that like, oh, I've learned the error of my ways, but like, who the fuck are you, man? Like, and there the was th-
1: no middle ground. It was literally mm-hmm. that awful scene, yeah. like awful in the emotional way, mm-hmm. and then the next time you see him, he's sympathetic.
2: Yeah, for
1: no reason.
2: Yeah, like um, I remember. What, okay, so you, like Kelsey had said like this movie was pretty much filler but they didn't have to have filler there's so there i know there's so much because this is based off of brian stevenson's book they've could have put the shit in there
1: yeah they could have shown that particular guard
2: yeah if you want to do something with
1: it and his effect on the prisoners more so than just the fucking attorney Mm -hmm. and how he turns over a new leaf if he ever did or if it was just something that was written for the movie
2: yeah but no we have had some poor writing some kind of poor character <laughs> arcs <laughs> um, I mean all in all like uh,
1: it's not like a great movie right but yeah,
2: I think it is I think it is something that should be seen um, so people can get a visual aid of how fucked up it's just, I mean there are a ton of other movies that displays that as well um but uh, what was that movie like I think it's called like Mississippi Burning. I can't remember. Uh anyway, so yeah, there are plenty of movies that do that. This movie it's 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 alright. Um the message is there. Uh but it there's just a lot of issues like with executing that message um in a very I won't say linear manner, but a very kind of clear manner, I guess.
1: It was almost like low hanging fruit. Yeah. Yeah. and very simple yeah simple there was no creative merit at all it was just simple
2: yeah i mean there are people i mean a lot there are audience members who are not dumb and who can't take the time to actually like give a critical thought on this without you trying to over explain what you're trying to say yeah which is this one was doing uh but i mean it's available everywhere um y'all should check it out at least you know just be wary. it's not as in
1: You're not gonna opinion. have a good laugh, like. Yeah, um, <laughs> <No. laughs> Like, what's that Tyler Perry movie we watched? Oh, fall from grace. Uh, a fall
2: from grace. Oh, that movie's
1: oh so much garbage.
2: <laughs> anyway, okay. So, what's what's your final what's your final opinion on uh, Just Mercy?
1: If you want to watch something that's more impactful, hmm. watch When They See Us.
2: Oh yes.
1: Watch that instead.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's oof, that's way more impactful.
1: Yeah, I cried a lot. <laughs>
2: um, okay, so that is it for our recent review. Um,
1: and uh, yeah, now we're gonna get into our try this, not that. <laughs> I'm back. <laughs> Um, we have stuff to talk about.
2: Yeah, we have a lot of time on our hand and we've actually got to check out a bunch of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to go first.
1: You should go first because I like your story. All
2: right. So, 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 so. Um, I have been getting my daughter into Kung Fu films. Um, Love watching growing up. My daughter, uh, she's really getting into movies. She's at that age where she can start stepping out of the Disney vault you know nickelodeon cartoons and cartoon network and shit so lately um when she stays with me for the uh for the weekend uh normal we'll watch a movie like uh something different mm-hmm. and we've been watching kung fu films i introduced her to police story one police story two uh there's another kung fu film called it's called uh chivalry the killer and gunman something like that anyway so my daughter, I'm gonna I'm gonna play this movie called like the Five Elements. She's like, I don't want to watch that. Let's go watch this instead. I'm just like, all right, we'll watch that. She just like randomly picks up another kung fu movie. All right, cool. So we watched Shaolin Prince, directed by Chi uh, Tang, written by uh, Jean Wong. Uh, it's produced by the Shaw Brothers. Yo, <laughs> yo, this movie was fucking amazing. Yeah. I had never seen this movie right, and however there is a part of the movie that pops in i was like i remember seeing this in like in a documentary about like great kung fu movies and Uh that was it right (laughs) this movie is so fucking dope right um so the story is about like this uh this kind of warlord who wants to become like who wants to steal this uh like royal amulet or something like that so he can be like the prince of like of of the feudal japan or some shit like that mm-hmm. but in order to do that he has to like kill the current prince or the current king and his two sons this king knows is going to happen so he takes his two sons and he's like and he has his guards take his two sons along with other guards who have uh, uh babies like attached on to them like uh tied to their chests what, what's the thing called Where you um carry a baby it's like a carrying thing
1: baby carrier
2: simple enough
1: (laughs) sorry (laughs) sorry
2: yeah so he wants so what ends up happening is like the movie starts off and it's like boom kung fu all it's like kung fu like no lie, there's kung fu scenes like it'll happen and then like five or ten minutes of dialogue and then more kung fu Mm -hmm. five or ten minutes dialogue, more kung fu
1: didn't you ask me that question
2: what was the question
1: you were explaining this movie to me last week, and mm. you asked me that question too
2: about the baby carrier. Oh yeah, I must have forgotten. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I, this movie, like this movie, has so much like fight choreography that the guy that they hired to do the choreograph, he uh, he had to ask five of his fight choreography buddies to help him out with this movie because some of them are like super elaborate. Mm-hmm. Like, there's one set where these Shaolin monks, they do this thing called, like, the 18 fist. And essentially, it's like these 18 monks get together, lift up, like, I don't know, a number of them, and then it extend their bodies like it's a hand. And then the other end is, like, almost like a fist. So it's like, bam! It's like, it's like the full force of all these 18 monks in one single punch. <laughs> it's so fucking dope, right? So... This is not spoiling anything because it's like the first fucking five minutes of it. Um, The the two brothers they get separated. One goes to his destination, and the other ends up at a Shaolin um, at a a monk temple where these three monks who have been banished because they did something that they weren't supposed to do, and they raise this kid. And this kid is like this excellent, amazing fighter. But they don't really give him like a type of like kung fu title training kind of name. They're just like. They they pretty much tell him never to get hit, always be on the defense and um, don't kill unless you have to kill or something like that. And he was yeah. like this great like fighter. Yo, there's even a part where like this dude fights like a possessed woman. <laughs> and I'm just like, I'm so into this. It was so like almost every like ten or fifteen minutes I was like, Wow, what the fuck is this? <laughs> and it gets to like to the end battle where like where like one dude is like fighting these two other guys, and one guy is like supposed to be like the, the embodiment of like fire, mm-hmm. and he has a sword that's literally on fire, just cling, cling. And this is, this movie was in 1982, so there's like no special effects. Mm-hmm. And at one point, the guy, the hero, one of the heroes, gets set on fire, and
1: still has to fight. <laughs> and I was like, holy shit! Like, did they? Bur- they- fucking killed this guy that makes me think of steve carell
2: oh from uh, the evan um
1: bruce almighty yeah
2: bruce almighty yeah and like and, and it and it's shot. it's really shot really well really beautiful like um near the end they they eventually the brothers like i mean like any hero film the brothers will come together and like take out the evil and when they fight the the, the ultimate bad guy they have to fight this dude like in a ch- it's so fucking good. It is really good. You can you all can see this on Amazon Prime. If you have it, if you have Amazon Prime, immediately go watch it. It is a really great Kung Fu film. I honestly I looked at my daughter and I was like, holy shit, you picked a great fucking movie. And normally she's like, Wow, Dad, that was really good. I like what you picked. This one, I'm kind of I kind of want to go like, hey, go pick another kung fu movie for us." Here's <laughs> Your good luck. Yeah. Um, I, I can't wait. I can't wait to show you this kung fu movie.
1: What did she ask you at the end?
2: She asked me, what did I think?
1: No, she asked you, are you going to show Kelsey this movie? Yeah, she was like,
2: you show Kelsey? I'm like, hell yeah, I'm going to show her this movie. <laughs> shit. That shit was, and I don't want to spoil it, but like, it's, uh, okay, one thing, one thing I will say that is a negative is that sometimes there's a little too much Kung Fu. You kind of get to the point where are like, all right, we're going to, because not every, not every fight scene is like spectacular. Um, some of them are just like, oh, they're just blah, 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 just doing all kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But some of it is not some of it's not like the best and i do like the fact that you still can see like the rope that pulls them <laughs> i still love seeing it. like it's clear it's you can tell it got remastered but like they kept the strength the ropes in yeah yeah it was great but yeah it makes I, it yeah yeah so i highly i highly recommend uh shaolin prince
1: awesome
2: what did you check out
1: <laughs> i watched lady bird <laughs> you don't
2: seem too excited about that
1: I was mad at you for watching that without me cuz like watching movies is like our thing. Yeah. And that was like a um, award ceremony contender. Like award season contender. Yeah. Mm. So I like I really wanted to watch it with you and mm. so I was like really disappointed that you watched it without me. And uh Oh, sometimes when that that sort of thing happens, I'm like I'm not going to fucking watch it. Yeah. But I decided to watch
2: it. (laughs) What did you think about this movie? This 2017 movie?
1: It's superficial.
2: Uh, Y'all, she said it, not me?
1: It's superficial. Like, Greta Gerwig wrote Mm. this, and she directed it. And I'd be happy Mm. if I didn't watch it. (laughs) Damn. Um, (laughs) Saoirse Ronan played Lady Bird McPherson. Mm. And... She does, like, the teenage angst thing, but she does it in a really bratty way. Mm-hmm. And I, if you have kids, or if you've been around kids, mm-hmm. and you have ever seen the show Olivia?
0: Uh, yeah. Uh, or Peppa
1: Pig, but mostly Olivia. Mm-hmm. Where the main character is a girl mm-hmm. with a lot of spirit. Mm-hmm. She's mostly just a big fat pain in the ass. And okay. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. like she's a pain in the ass Mm. and her mother's a bitch and that's it (laughs) like i don't feel like i could relate almost to any of it Mm. i was once a teenage girl and i did not feel like i i wasn't i didn't feel like she was deserving of any kind of sympathy or any kind of connection and you know going through whatever she was going through mm-hmm. um because it was so like some of it she was just bringing on herself like she wanted to be called ladybird like i did that
2: yeah i think every kid i remember doing that i wanted a, a different name
1: yeah in first grade yeah like i wanted to be kimberly from power rangers i Mm. literally tried to change my name one day in school wow and said my name is kimberly i wrote my name kimberly at the top of the paper and the teacher is like no you can't do that yeah like i was in first grade though like you grew up yeah you don't do that when you're 17 come on yeah um my daughter has
2: my daughter has done that she she was saying that one day she said her name was like rainbow yeah and i was like all right all right leah
1: (laughs) Well, like it, and even when you get a little bit older, like Leia's age, like Mm. I remember, I had like this infatuation with the name Veronica for like the longest time. Yeah. So like, I get the whole name thing, but I just don't think it carries over into seventeen. Yeah, adolescence and shit. Like, like like maybe twelve or thirteen, not seventeen. Um, and. The How she disregards everybody else's feelings, how she disregards everybody else's feelings, okay, she's selfish, okay, and she' always talking about that one house that she wants, and she's always lying to everybody else about where she lives, mm-hmm. like like I could understand that to a certain point, but this girl is like just fucking asshole, she's just an asshole. <laughs>
2: I, I remember when I saw this movie, um, it was getting like a lot of rave reviews. Um, I think this was like one of the movies that like really put um, what's her name, Greta Gerwig, on the map. Um, don't get me wrong, I really I really enjoyed Little Women. I thought that was actually a good movie. Um, but when Lady Bird came out, I didn't. I heard a lot of people giving high praise, and I was like, all right, let me go check it out. And by the end of the movie, I thought, all right, you know, what? this movie's just this is not for me. Mm-hmm. I and I and I, I have to. Um, I, I would have to agree with what you said. Like, uh, sorry, Ronan's character—it was very fucking. She was very fucking annoying. And my whole problem with that is like, if you have a character like from the jump that's just incredibly fucking annoying, you better work really hard to make some redeeming qualities about that person. Yeah. And you don't get that until maybe like the last ten minutes of the movie. By that time, but by that time, I was just like, I do not care what happens to her at all.
1: Yeah, and then it. Um, but also because she turns around at the end and is like, Oh, maybe I don't have all the answers. Mm. Um, it seems really fake by that point. Yeah, like absolutely. they were leading up this whole time to that, and you're like, Okay, I saw that coming from a mile away. Yeah. Um. And if you really want to watch something that has to do with like teen drama, Mm -hmm. um, you could watch I'm Not Okay With This, Mm -hmm. which is on Netflix, and be happy and don't be angry that you watch some fucking annoying little teenager.
2: Yeah, um, because... what's it called i'm not okay with this right
1: yeah i am not okay with this. yeah
2: i am not okay with this does the whole kind of just the same thing with like dealing with teenage angst and then like the difficulties of being a teenager and trying to have your identity and know who you are but you don't come off just hating the character from the jump right like it's it's and i like and i know there are there are girls who i've encountered in high school who just were like Anno- i can hear the cat purring <laughs> that was just Sorry anno- about that. <laughs> that is just annoying as shit and it was very <laughs> cat purring <and> loud as <laughs> shit
1: well if if i didn't pick him up i would have got claws in the leg yeah so
2: and then you would have <clears throat> <laughs> done that um what i was gonna say yeah i mean like i said i just have to agree with what you said about uh, lady bird so i just i honestly you know I, what?
1: I liked her hair that's
2: it i honestly wanted to get your i wanted to hear your opinion on this and i remember we you kind of brought it up and i was like wait save it for the pot," because i really want you to like yeah. let that but shit I, out.
1: I was like it's superficial and you're like yeah save that yeah 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 so whatever
2: however there's something that kelsey and i both like
1: mm-hmm. it's
2: called bad education yes so, Bad is the film starring Hugh Jackman, um, it got a release on HBO, uh, started by Corey F- Finley. This movie was really
1: fucking good. Yeah.
2: I I remember seeing this movie and texting you like, yo, you gotta watch this movie. Holy shit. It's a slow, slow burn, but it's totally worth it. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't believe... The events of this movie is based off of an actual story that showed up on a New York Magazine, or it was a New York Magazine article called "The Bad Superintendent." I this this we talked about Hugh Jackman earlier. This is Hugh Jackman doing an amazing performance. Yeah, and he's not screaming at the sky with metal claws between his fingers. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, so when I watched it, like it was a few nights ago, mm. um. And it was a slow burn. And I thought it was ki- It was almost too slow. Mm. Um, it was almost too slow. Okay. But I like how they really built... Like, they, they pulled it apart. Mm. Like, they gave you little tiny bits and pieces of the story on purpose. Mm. So even though it was slow, it was actually really worth it. Because yeah. you get... You get this idea that it's just one little isolated incident that happens, Mm -hmm. and then you get an idea that there's probably something else going on, but Mm -hmm. you don't know what. And he's still a great guy.
2: Yeah, Hugh Jackman's character, Uh, Frank. uh, What's his name? Frank Tasson. 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 Yeah. Okay. Go.
1: Um, and then you get, you know, more and more and more until it kind of is just like kind of crazy at the end. Mm. So, um. I really like how they did that, where they were just picking it apart.
2: Yeah, and the fact that, like, Hugh Jackman's character, like, tells, like, this, um, what's the name? I You're gonna have to help me say that girl's last name. She's the last one on the list. It's, like, Grinnell.
1: Oh, Geraldine Viswanathan?
2: Yeah, her character... How she like approaches um, Hugh Jackman's character with like this story it's supposed to be like a puff piece. And He's like, no, chase the story. Don't you can make you you were gonna make it a puff piece. Don't make it a puff piece. And he essentially like starts. It's a, that's it's the undoing. catalyst. Yeah, and oh my god, there are several parts in the sh- in the movie where it's like, oh, that's a fucked up twist. Oh shit! And, like, there's literally a part that uh, takes place um, takes place in a New York apartment hallway. That I was like screaming, like "Oh my god,
1: what the fuck
2: is gonna happen?" It was so
1: fucking good. Yeah, that part, that part got me, and it was so funny because I know that you had seen it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, God, if if I was sitting right here with Mark right now,
2: mm-hmm.
1: I know exactly his reaction.
2: Yeah, it would have been like, "Hold on, let's pause this," and then me walking around the apartment,
1: "Holy shit, holy shit, holy
2: shit." <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's a the 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 movie's been out on hbo now for probably for like a month or something like that but it's it's a totally worth a watch if I, I i i'm i'm shocked as shit that this movie did not get like a fuck ton of awards especially for Hugh Jackman's performance
1: yeah also Ray Romano reminds me of my dad
2: yeah like i i've seen pictures of your dad and i've uh i think i've talked to him once and you, heard you've heard
1: him a few times
2: i've heard him a few times but like when you say that i was like can totally see it now. Yeah, I can totally see
1: it. My dad is like a—he could be anybody. When I mean, he was younger and mm. a little bit thinner, but he always kind of had a belly, mm. kind of looked like Borat. <laughs> and, when he, and when he packed on the pounds, uh-huh. he looked like Mario. And yeah. his brother, uh Uncle Jerry, uh-huh. he was taller than my dad because my dad's like
2: so. He was totally Luigi.
1: He was fucking Luigi.
2: <laughs> nice.
1: Um you know now he's ray romano yeah i to me to me
2: your dad kind of looks like this critic called uh his name is gene shallon he kind of reminds me of that guy
1: oh
2: yeah um yeah you have anything else to add on or are we
1: good to go i think we're good to go um we should do our geriatric cinematic do the right thing. Good morning, Miss Mother Sister. Now, Mookie, don't work too hard today. The man says it's going to be hot as the devil. I've been
2: you here 25 years. And Sal's famous pizzeria is here to stay. Trust
1: me. Mookie, the last time I trusted you, we ended up with a son. I know you can't stand it. You can't stand it. Hey, you know you know
0: Sal, I'm
2: going to on a wall here. You want brothers on the wall? Love. Get your own place. You can do what you want to do what I tell you about
0: that
1: noise? what I tell you about them picture what we want. You some brother talk to him. You the man. No, you the man. No, you the man. Are no, you the man. The first time you turn your back, boom. Right here, man, in the back. Y'all take a chill. You'd like to sign a petition to boycott oh. Sal's famous pizzeria? Hear
2: me, what you ought to do is boycott that no good barber that messed up your head. And that's the double truth. Fight the power. Fight the power.
0: If you know, deep down inside, I think you wish you were black. <laughs> Who
1: told you to step on my sneakers? Who told you to walk on my side of the block? Who told you to be in my neighborhood? I own this brownstone. Who told you to buy a brownstone
2: on my block, in my neighborhood, on my side of the street? I can't even hear myself Think!
0: From Spike Lee. Director of School Days and She's Gotta Have It. Good people, please. If we don't stop this and stop it now, we gonna do something we gonna regret for the rest of our lives. Doctor, come on. What? What? Always do the right thing.
1: The synopsis is on the hottest day of the year on a street in the Bedford Stuyvesant i think that's how you say that <laughs> section of brooklyn everyone's hate and bigotry smolders and builds until it explodes into violence directed by spike lee he did black klansman get on the bus and mo better blues uh which, which we did episode 50 on mm-hmm. um was written by spike lee as well he did malcolm x she hate and she rock stars danny aiello as sal um you've got Ossie davis in there, Ruby Dee, Richard Edson, Giancarlo Esposito is like my favorite fucking guy ever.
2: Yeah, Esposito
1: I've never seen him and that's the blackest role I've seen him in so far.
2: Yeah, that's true. Yeah, okay, yeah. You on.
1: know what i usually like he's not not black, like I'm not saying that, but like Yeah, he
2: like he he goes in between like you can't tell if he's maybe Puerto Rican or Mexican or like a mixture yeah. of both. Yeah.
1: Um so of course Spike Lee is in everything he does. <laughs> and John Turturro is really good in this as well. Um, I really like this movie.
2: I'm glad you did. This is this is one of the movies that, um, I believe this is the movie that like defined uh Spike Lee's career.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, it it got robbed at the box office,
1: of course, it did I, I mean, because I'm it's the black movie. I mean, not at the
2: box office, I'm sorry, it got robbed at the Oscars. Oh, which is, of course it's the, Os- the black movie because yeah, it's a black movie i can't remember what won that year but like people argue that like this should have been his oscar winning
1: movie
2: mm. um but go on. sorry i didn't mean to cut you off
1: well it's fine um i really actually like this movie mm. um even though i'm not a huge fan of spike lee um in in the movies mm. um i actually think he did a good job in this one
2: yeah absolutely it's it's very it's very artistic um this movie it's it's it doesn't have like one defining character because we follow spike lee we follow mookie around for a bit but then we also follow danny aiello we follow uh yan uh, um we even follow um i can't i don't have their names oh like uh bill nunn who plays radio rahim so we don't really have like a defined character to lead this whole this whole plot um but there are a lot of times where the there's some really good interaction and in oh. how everything kind of comes to a head at the end of the movie, where right. like there's not literally explosion but there is like a a racial explosion, yeah, that um
1: well, there kinda is
2: well the well, that place burned down, there was an explosion in there,
1: no, I know, but I'm saying yeah. there's fire, like
2: yeah, um, what I thought which was, was really good about this movie it was like they didn't just have like racism and then like bigotry and stuff like that from like let's say just daniel yellow's character or like john Turturro. even though john Turturro comes up as a really fucking asshole in this movie mm-hmm. he plays john Turturro plays uh the son of Danny yellow's character sal and um john Turturro's character he's just like dad why are we here we're here with like these niggers and spooks and stuff like that and sal's just like i've like I've helped raise these kids. They fed off of my food for like decades. That means a lot to me. Mm -hmm. You know, and there's that. And even how Mookie is kind of dealing like he's kind of like going back and forth because his because his friend bugging out is kind of starting up shit Mm
1: -hmm. with Sal.
2: So he's kind of trying to be like not the gatekeeper, but kind of like be the um,
1: devil's advocate
2: yeah kind of like that but he's he wants to, he wants to be the guard to make sure shit just doesn't pop off yeah you know and because he he at least appreciate what sal has done for him as in giving him a job so he can get paid but at certain points you see him getting really fucking annoyed the way how sal like treats his friends and how sal kind of wears his racism on his shoulder not heavily but like there's like that scene in the movie where he's just like Yo, Mookie, you're like one of my you're like one of my sons. You know, I see you as a son. But like, when shit pops off between Sal and R- and Radio Rahim, like that's thrown out the window. Like, it's like the sense of like you're one of the you're you're a black guy, but you're one of the good black guys.
1: I didn't get that sense. Oh, okay. Because Sal didn't actually turn on Mookie until mm-hmm. Mookie threw something through the fucking window. Then it was kind of like okay, like. Maybe you're not the person I thought you were. Well, yeah, well,
2: yeah. As in, like that part where he didn't turn on Mookie at there, but you can see that, like, Sal, despite him, yeah, like I can picture Sal saying, "I don't see color," but he obviously did because. Um, even though, like, bugging out was bugging out on him and stuff like that, he was still kind of like, turn off your jungle music and blah, 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 blah. You know, he wasn't trying to be the better man. He wasn't trying to, like, de-escalate the situation. Yeah, that was
1: definitely like, I'm older than you and I'm wiser and you're annoying the fuck out of me. Exactly, exactly. It was For me, that was more a sense of ageism, mm-hmm. um, like which is, like, kind of close cousin to racism. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, like anything that any, any younger generation does is mm-hmm. not good enough for the older generation. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it comes out as sexist, racist, you know, ever, like all of this.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. So, um, I get what you're saying there. Um, I just, I was kind of confused at the end because, uh, I mean, I got it. Mm. At the very, very end, but when things were starting to escalate, I, like, I got confused because I, it just seemed like most of them were, were living peaceably, mm. except for Radio Rahim and bugging Out.
2: Yeah. Well, I, I think because what they were trying to really show was that even though they're living peacefully, like, there's still that underlining racism and bigotry, essentially ready to go off. Like I think, like for example, like the fact that it was like they were really Spike Lee was really hitting, hitting, um, kind of hit not hitting it out of the park, but he was really po- pointing out to the fact that this is like the hottest day of the year, and at that time tempers are
1: are flaring, they are
2: flaring, you know, and then that's when you just start when it, as the movie kind of goes off, there is kind of a like a kind of a piece, even mm-hmm. though even though everybody's talking shit about everybody, mm-hmm. like um like uh coconut sid and like sweet dick willie and stuff like that how him uh him and i forgot the other dude's name how like oh ml they're like talking shit about like the koreans across the street mm-hmm. but there's still like an understanding right you know like ml is just like you know these koreans they got off this boat and they gotta shop within like a year and blah 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 and all that kind of stuff and coconut sid who's played by uh frankie fashion it's like Yo, you got off a boat too, like a year ago. Why the fuck are you not opening up a shop, like all that kind of shit, right? Yeah. So he's like calling him out when that dude is calling out those Koreans, and even those. And there's even that part where we get the the Spike Lee Dolly shot where it's just like, boom, someone says like something really fucked up and racist, you know? Mm-hmm. Like Mookie's talking shit about like John Turturro. John Turturro's talking shit about Mookie. Uh, the Koreans are talking about uh, Italians and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So we're kind of seeing like. Under all that peace, there's still all that level of racism that's just waiting to pop off.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And one of the things that I thought was so fucking poignant was that part where Radio Rahim are fighting with Radio Rahim and uh, Bugging Out was fighting with uh, Sal, and the cops come in and they choke out Radio Rahim, mm-hmm. which is fucking still relatable today, which mm-hmm. is fucked up. Um, and how they have all that aggression and they decide to burn Sal's pizzeria down yeah instead of going like
1: which is also like kind of a place where they all like to hang and it brings people together exactly
2: we had we had a lot of the characters end up at that pizzeria you know sal knew everybody around the shop Mm and all that kind of stuff even when um pino john turrell's character was like dad sell the shop we can go here he's like no man like
1: i built this with my two hands
2: yeah and i'm making like money here yeah and they, they, they destroyed this establishment in their um, in their neighborhood where they should be, like, focusing all that anger on the police. And it's kind of fucked up how Rader Rahim is killed by the cops. And, like, I mean, true, they can't do
1: anything. And it gets lost.
2: It, yeah, it gets lost in the translation because, you know damn well, people outside of what's going on there, they're just like, yo, these black people are just wilding out. They're just destroying their own neighborhood. And mm-hmm. they're not underst- They're not seeing the full story, mm-hmm. which is like so fucked up.
1: Yeah. But it also gets lost within the crowd too, because mm-hmm. it's the cat- It's like the catalyst of, um, before they start the rioting. Yeah. Because he, he was being disrespectful with music, and then, you know, he really wanted to make a statement that he wasn't going to turn his music off and um he ended up being killed by the police and they just carried him away Mm. and yeah of course instead and there were people saying hey you should be angry with the police like there Mm. were people in the movie saying that yeah and it just it got lost within that crowd like i'm not i'm not saying that um spike lee lost the message i'm saying that Mm. the people the characters in the in the film did Mm. because they were so angry they just wanted to make a point and even if it was in the wrong place at the wrong time yeah it
2: was aimed at the wrong direction yeah um one one of the things that is i um in this movie that's like a a very um a very hot topic um one thing i really did like was the chemistry between uh the mayor and mother sister
1: oh yeah i love that
2: yeah uh it was oc davis was like trying to like put the moves on ruby Mm d
1: and
2: it was like pretty i think it was pretty sweet like how um how the mayor is just like yo i got these flowers for you and he gave he gave these flowers and like an empty apple juice bottle (laughs) And these roses' that was, that was so hilarious, but it was like sweet, but um I, Ruby d I mean our mother sister near the end after like they're they burning down south, she like comes out and she's like screaming, yeah, like no, no, stuff like that, and it's kind of it's fucked up because there are she's seeing what like everybody else is not seeing, like don't do this, like this is in the wrong fucking direction mm-hmm. now before anybody kind of like starts throwing up their shit and whatever, there are writers and there's looters going on during these protests, you know,
1: like in today's time. Yeah.
2: Like in currently right now. And I am one of those people who does not argue against that. Like people have, we've done silent protests. We've sp- spoken as loud as we can. There are just times where you just have to fuck shit up to get the people's attention
1: and even when you're not fucking shit up police still come after you anyway so what's the they point will co- ex-
2: exactly exactly there is this um really great speech or this great clip um i found uh, by this author her name was like kimberly jones and she just hits the nail on the head when she goes people who are like destroying target or hall of fame i don't give a fuck Oh, they should not give a fuck. They're destroying it because that because because people like to say, you're destroying your own neighborhoods. You're destroying your community and stuff like that. And she points out, I'm like, we never had our neighborhood. We never had our community because we've been oppressed. And then we can't. We don't own this shit. So fuck your property because mm-hmm. this is this is not even my property at right. all. So I I I have to like not like I have to do this, but I'm doing this because. We've screamed for hundreds of years, and you don't fucking listen.
1: Not just that, but um, I think you did say there was a line, right? Hmm. That shouldn't be crossed, and that's the mom-and-pop shops. Oh, absolutely. Because there are a lot of uh, black-owned and minority-owned yeah. businesses that are being affected because people are blindly destroying things.
2: Yeah. Yeah, that that I will argue, I will argue for that. I mean, like, we... we black people are trying we are trying so hard to have our own black owned business because we don't want to be beholden to anybody else we want a piece of the economic pie Mm -hmm. and black owned and everything and please support that um so when someone comes in and destroys a target i don't give a fuck not let me go in there and get some sheets (laughs) (laughs) um Um, but yeah you know
1: target actually um even after they were looted and all that stuff in minneapolis yeah they're um putting a lot of um like black owned products in their source
2: yeah yeah absolutely there there was this um this lady's names forget, forget me but she um she put a she has a product out um, target is very black it's
1: is it called like honey something like yeah some like that like and, honeywell or something like
2: that Yeah, and i remember she got a lot of shit from white people i'm like, you just shouldn't be in a target blah, blah 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 just like fuck you anyway um but to go back to the movie when it, it is pretty fucked up that um that they kind of that they i mean it is fucked up that like they snap and they destroy sal's place and everything but i i get I get why they're frustrated there because that's where it started.
0: Mm-hmm. It's
2: It started with that fight. And don't get me wrong, I'm not saying Radio Rahim was, I'm not saying that he was the only one in the wrong. I mean, it was pretty. It, Radio Rahim, his character is walking around. You can tell he has all this anger.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: He's playing Public Enemy, you know, on repeat, you know, yeah. fight the power on constant repeat. And you can tell he has so much anger going on. And Bugging Out kind of takes advantage of that and
1: yeah and he's like hey i want black people up on the wall why do you only have italians up on the wall
2: yeah and then at the same time sal lost it as well you know like he pulls out that bat and destroys the fucking radio you know it was just like at the same time it's like yo sal you don't have to fucking do that man that's yeah. like that's like taking a bat to somebody's car yeah um so like they're that both was a
1: nice stereo too yeah, That was a nice stereo
2: <laughs> i mean because they were in my opinion they were both in the fall like i, I understand what Rita writing was trying to do but sometimes the loudest voice um sometimes not the loudest voice doesn't get what you want but sometimes if you're being louder than the person next to you then you're not opening up the door of dis- you're not opening up discussion i mean yeah. especially, especially now we've heard i have a discussion you ain't listening so fuck your shit <laughs> yeah um, but in Sal's case, he was just kind of like that was a little too much, yeah. Especially like what Sal did with that fucking bat, and he, of course, that's when Sal blows up. Turn off your fucking jungle music. Oh, there's that racism, all always fucking there. It's yeah, never gonna go away. Exactly. Um. However, we haven't discussed this uh, about the performance.
1: No, we have not. <laughs> um, like I said, I don't really care for Spike Lee.
2: Yeah, he has kind of like the same kind of like mode.
1: Yeah, but he he really fit this movie. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I I even though you say it didn't really follow anybody, it did follow Mookie. Um uh, yeah. But it definitely followed him as like a reason to follow him through different parts. Yeah, of the like community. a reason.
2: Yeah, the reasons like to stay within the movie and the story.
1: Like, he touched everyone's lives, so, mm. like, then you get to see everybody.
2: Yeah, I gotcha. Okay.
1: Um. And one thing that I thought was really great was how um, th- his chemistry with Sal was really great. Mm.
2: Um. I really like that part at the end when, like, they're standing in front of Sal's uh, pizzeria, and Mookie's just like... Yo, I want my money. Like, you still owe me money.
1: Yeah, yeah. I saw that. Um, What what I like the most is how Sal was like, even though Mookie kept fucking up, right? Mm -hmm. He was always late. He was like taking advantage of his relationship with Sal. Mm -hmm. Sal was still like, whatever, like you're a good kid.
2: Yeah, that's true. I even I even like how Sal not Sal, um Mookie's relationship with uh Vito, the youngest son. Yeah. I like that dynamic between the two. I wish I actually wish t- them two hung out a little bit more in the movie. Yeah. I, w- I like how they were just kind of bouncing off each other and how Mookie was just like, Yo, your brother's crazy. Like your well, brother you
1: need to stand up to him and don't let him push you around and yeah. stuff. Yeah. Um Mother Sister? Mm-hmm was also a great uh you i don't know that there's any real standout roles to if i'm going to be honest mm-hmm. um except for maybe like aussie davis
2: oh yeah uh, the the uh, the mayor
1: the mayor yeah. yeah that's it like um everyone was pretty standard mm-hmm. but everyone had a great chemistry so like you would you could see everybody was hanging out mm-hmm. like they probably are still friends to this day.
2: You didn't even think uh Giancarlo Esposito. You didn't think his performance was phenomenal.
1: No. Ah, I like him forward. as a bad guy. Mm. I like him as a bad guy. He's great in The Mandalorian like or He's in great a, in Breaking Bad.
2: Yeah, that's true. That is a really talented actor. You know, he act, he shows up in uh in Community. Mm. Um, he's a char- he's a character's brother. Mm. That's like completely out of left field. But whenever he's in there, I'm just like,
1: yay. <laughs>
2: Fucking Gus is here. And He's not trying to kill everybody.
1: Yeah. No, like, he... Um, I didn't like his character because... I didn't like his performance. And it's not his fault, I don't think. I just didn't like his character. His character was annoying.
2: That No lie, that's how a lot of brothers were back then. Like, yeah. I mean, like, now, like, we got the whole Tepfus and everything. And they're like... But more tame but they're just as stupid
1: okay. but back then
2: they were i mean his name is bugging out for a fucking reason
1: yeah uh Samuel L. jackson's role was fun
2: oh yeah as the fucking radio dj yeah oh that was i man every time he showed up i was like ah there's a little bit of a palate cleanser right now
1: yeah um i didn't really that's so funny like i i don't feel like there's anybody who really stood out mm. but the movie itself did.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, this movie is, uh, if I remember reading correctly, it's like it's spine number 97 in the Criterion Collection. Mm-hmm. That's like one of the like, it's kind of a rare one to find, but it's like one of the earlier days of Criter- of the Criterion Collection. Mm-hmm. Um, damn, Spike Lee wrote the script in two weeks. Wow. Wow. And a lot of that shit was fucking natural as shit. It was. Um, oh, actually, you know what? One thing I wanted to point out, um, just to kind of lighten up the, the load a little bit, um, or the mood, um, there's this really great scene with Spike Lee and Rosie Perez with an ice cube. Yeah. I thought that part was super sweet. I really liked that.
1: Yeah, I did too.
2: Um, like, Rosie Perez plays Mookie's girlfriend. They have this kid uh, named Hector and everything, and she's trying to, like, get him to, to visit uh, to visit her. And there's, like... You got a sense that he, he, you feel like that maybe he's kind of avoiding his responsibilities. Oh, he is kind of avoiding his responsibilities. But like whenever like they're together, like they connect. Yeah. And I thought that was really sweet seeing them too, especially like that ice cube scene. Yeah. No, with, not with not.
1: I mean, it was sensual and everything, but like it wasn't too much. It mm. like it was like dirty, but it wasn't like filthy.
2: Yeah, it wasn't filthy. Like they could have really played it up as filthy, but it was. It was really sweet.
1: Yeah, like it was naked so it's dirty but it was sweet (laughs) (laughs)
2: uh oh i don't know how true this trivia is but apparently uh former president Barack obama and first lady michelle obama uh saw this movie on their first date
1: really (laughs) (laughs) it's a great date movie great great date movie that's funny
2: uh
1: oh okay
2: boom that's why that chemistry is so dope between damea and mother sister they were really married. Really? Yeah. Like, see, like that scene where um, he's holding her while she's like crying. Yeah. While the writing's going around. I was just like, damn, I wanted that. I Because, like, they were building up to it. And just seeing it happen was just like, that it's so perfect. Like, and, it and, it did. And, all, and all this chaos, like, in a way, they found love.
1: And then the next morning, like, she let him in off the street. Mm hmm. Even in his dirty ass clothes, she let him take the bed. Uh huh and um he was like saying he said something negative and she's like oh she said good morning and he's like is it a good morning yeah it's a good morning and yeah. she's like yeah it is you're still like we're still alive
2: yeah and, and one of them said like but is the neighborhood still here yeah something like that, and to tell you the truth um seeing, seeing that part it reminded me a lot um of the la riots when all that shit was happening around when i was a kid and it was like fucking around the block they're burning everything down you know it 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 really hit me because i remember thinking the same thing it's like is the neighborhood still around like are we still standing because we had no power um so we got no radio no television or anything like that i was like what the fuck happened so i so that part was very poignant Because it was the idea of like through all this chaos, like is 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 everything still standing? Unfortunately, everything was. Yeah. Sal's pizzeria. Um. So I'll ask you, Kelsey, do you think this being your first movie, your first uh, first time watching, it's not your first Spike Lee film, but it's one of his best. Um, do you think it still holds up today? Yes. I would have to fully agree with that. Completely holds up today. I mean
1: Except for like the dance scene in the very beginning was (laughs) kinda weird.
2: I I honestly I I didn't do enough research to find out like why'd he do that? Why did he do that dance scene?
1: Like I'm sure there was a purpose.
2: Yeah, I think he was just trying to have like some artistic merit behind it.
1: Yeah. Um
2: Yeah, I, I think it still holds up. I mean that subject um that subject of police brutality and racism and especially in certain communities and
1: how the message gets buried by like yeah you know lack of education or you know just straight up ignorance
2: yeah and this like collection of just like people just ready to like pop off and everything yeah it's been going on for decades still going on now Mm -hmm. so i think it's still i think it really does still hold up um when my daughter's a little bit older i'm gonna put this movie in front of her so she can watch it kind of get an idea of how this life is
1: yeah i think they layer everything really nicely
2: Mm. uh oh okay so this is okay this is i wanted to bring up because i want to find out about the whole because near the end mookie like throws a trash can through sal's window the place where he used to work at um so i found a bit of trivia about that it said um uh, spike lee has repeatedly stated that his, that in his view the reason that mookie threw the garbage can through the window was because he saw his best friend raheem being murdered in front of him lee acknowledged the alternative theory that mookie did it to save sal pino and Vito, and although that was never his intention he liked the fact that the scene was sparked such different interpretations so there's really no defining reason there's no really no define theory of why he threw the trash can through the cells. Yeah. Um yeah, it's it you can he just I think that was just a moment where he just fucking snapped. Yeah. And he that's why he did it. Alright, anything else? Good to go? Good to go. Good to go. Alright, so for all y'all listening, um you can catch this episode and other Past episodes on all podcast catchers, uh, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher. Okay. I always seem to forget Stitcher. Or like, you have to remind me of that one. Yeah. <laughs> um, we hope everybody's being safe out there. Um, some crazy shit going on. But um, just try to stay safe and try not to destroy the mom and pop shops or the black old shops. Um, so next week, we are doing, uh, for a recent review, do another Spike Lee film. We're doing Netflix's uh, The Five Bloods. Uh, we're looking forward to this. Because it seems like he's following the Black Klansman formula. Like his style of, of filmmaking. Okay. So that's going to be our recent review. Our geriatric cinematic to tack on to that will be 1995's Dead Presidents. Can't wait for it to show you that movie.
1: I know. You were telling me you really <laughs> wanted me to see that one.
2: Yeah. So. Um, you can rent debt presidents uh, on Amazon, YouTube, and Apple Tunes. Or, I'm sorry, Apple iTunes. <laughs> Apple Tunes. <laughs> right next to the Apple Jacks. Um, the topic is Brothers Surviving War Abroad and at Home. Yes. Yeah. All right. So, like I said, I'm going to bid you guys adieu. Hope everybody's being safe. Wash your goddamn hands. Um... But we're going to leave you off with a story. So one day, I mean, I have an older brother and his siblings. You know, people fight. So I remember one time, my brother and I were going at it. Uh, well, he was bigger than me, so he was kind of just going at it with me. Um, and my mom walked in. My brother was like, "Yo, I'm gonna fucking kick your ass." And my mother stood there And she must have just got done watching um, Do the Right Thing Because the, ser- the words she said Ringed out and remind me a lot Of Sal, played by Danielle Aiello Her words were Hey, the only ass-kicking that's gonna be done around here Is gonna be done by me